Oh, welcome back, everybody. <laughs> it's uh, Jake here at Key in the Lake podcast. Uh, I'm finally back in Chicago and back at Beguile Brewing. He's they back, um, they know that we gents. are recording a podcast. Uh, I feel like I've been cheating on them by recording in hotel rooms and other bars. Bitch I feel like I've been cheating on Wilson Torres without uh, you know having him with me as I talk to some people across the country. And he's sitting at home twiddling his thumbs, just thinking about life, thinking about Miller Lights, thinking about Hurricane Baseball. <laughs> And Matt Brown, I don't really feel like I'm cheating on him at all because he has lost his mustache. I'm the wild he lost card. His beard and, That's true. And, uh, and, and also, fuck Liverpool. <laughs> so we have all that going for us. Yep. But guys, are we going to start with that? Yeah, let's start, start no, let's start there. Let's start there. Let's start there. We need to pick up where we left off first. You thanks two for, bitches talking about damn soccer. Yeah, thanks for being here. So just uh, today on the podcast, just myself, Wilson, and Matt. Hey, we're going to talk about, I guess, all things whiskey. We'll talk about maybe what's summer plans as well and see what's going on. We're going to talk about mm. the demise of Liverpool and how they're going to fall out of the top four for next year in Impossible. the EPL. Impossible. Yeah. We just, everyone's on long-term, uh, everyone is on, okay. Okay. So, first Let's of all. Set the stage. My, so, Liverpool played in the Champions League final this past Saturday. After losing the Premier Final to Tottenham's Man City. Well, it, that's not exactly how it works. That's not. It, there are no playoffs for the oh Premier God. League. It's a marathon. So whoever has the most points, then the season wins. They got second, although they objectively had one of the best seasons ever True. in Premier League history. They only lost once. Um, anyway, so they. Uh, uh, long story short, they won the Champions League for the final uh, this past Saturday against Tottenham Hotspur, another English team, mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it was great. It felt, uh, wow. I'll say this, considering last year's uh, Champions League final that we lost, tragically. Tragically. Because uh, your goalkeeper with, had, a, um, had, a, had a head injury, if you will, a concussion. I, so the rumor goes, he could have also just always, the whole season, been a bad goalkeeper. I don't think so. You guys he, wake he me up average. this is over. Okay. Okay. Just drink your whiskey. Yep. I'm going to drink my whiskey. Lullaby and good night <laughs> while these boys talk about soccer. Goodness Anyways, so. Gracious. Beautiful. Uh, we, we came in as underdogs last. Uh, Is that Roof? Yeah. They lost last year as underdogs. They came in this year as favorites. Favorites, I thought you saw. And the game they was were? never really in doubt. Liverpool scored in the first minute, so it just felt like a slow, you know, procession towards our inevitable, you know, vengeance-grasping victory. I was literally <laughs> pouring so my first great. Guinness as it, like, it all unfolded, the first penalty. I'm like, what, what happened? <laughs> yeah, also, exactly. I see like, the ref pointing to the spot, and I'm like, what's going on? Yeah, so it's not, it's not a thing where like, the game wasn't like, great, so no. I was never like, jumping off my, uh, off my couch, like pumping my fist in the air. But you but, were texting me that you were dead. Oh, yeah, times. I was incredibly tense before the match. You looked uh, intense. Uh, <clears throat> for I, your the, what you were posting. My Instagram yeah. stories, my uh, turban that I made out of my scarf. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah my wife uh, was like, uh, "Do you want us to go? We can go like grocery shopping or do errands." And I was like, "No, no, 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 honey." But she felt the air in the room so tense that she just took the baby and left <laughs> like, for like the first hour. Yeah, we're gonna go. Love. Yeah, we're, yeah, I'm gonna, we're gonna leave go. yeah. uh, forever. So I haven't seen them since Saturday. I hope they're doing well. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Is that all you have to say about Liverpool? Great. That's awesome. Um, yeah. yeah. So Season that was my, that was Season's over. Liverpool really corner with Matt. Again, so I know uh, how much August, fun it is. Mid-August. Now. Oh, man, that's quick. That's, yeah. That's a they, very short offseason. They start playing, like, uh, preseason games next month. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah in mid-July. It's crazy. So we have some international tournament women's World Cup coming up this summer too. That's gonna be cool. Yeah, dude. You know what's been awesome to watch? I haven't watched a lot of it, but Baseball? not. I told no college yeah. softball. Oh yeah, Those dude. Last, oh last, my, yeah, dang, have it's you, tense. you watched last night? I, I've watched a little bit. Like, Washington and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. UCLA. Yeah, I mean, man, some of those games have been intense, and then like, yeah, extra man. innings. Girls just busting home runs up right and left. Oh man. yeah, dude, it's, it's been it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's and so um, competitive. Yeah, I, mean, I think girls in some way are more competitive than it's, guys. You know what I've noticed in watching women's softball. Um, for so many years that yeah. I have because of my sister. Um, shout out to Lydia. She's a softball coach. <clears throat> she, um, it just, when you watch it on TV, the scale of the game is so much smaller. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know. Especially because so, you're, you're, like, mind is conditioning, conditioned to see baseball correct, on TV. Correct, right. Yeah, so, so then when foreign. you see women's softball, yeah. you're just like, fuck, it's, it's the smallest error. Mm. I mean, it. The, your fundamentals would really got to yeah. be on point, man. Yeah. Hitting, catching, throwing, oh, yeah. communication. I mean, it's amazing. The slightest little... Chanting, cheering. Yeah, I love that about air. that. Yeah, It's a little too much sometimes, but yeah. I think it's fun. All right. Well, that's great. It's fun. The, uh, the like, coordination to hit that ball hard Ooh. is crazy because yeah. you I have to... I mean, they're 60 feet. I mean... They're so 60, close. Right? 60 feet, I think. And they're throwing it so hard mm. with... Br- it's shorter. 34, right? I don't know. It, yeah, because the mound is shorter. The mound is 60, 60 feet. Yeah. Correct. So then, yeah, so they're like, yeah, like I can't remember. It's little leagues. Same side, same distance as little league. And they're throwing it so hard that yeah. distance, and it's breaking, and they're changing speeds on them. And then uh, <clears throat> the batter to like have the coordination to like start swinging when the ball's still in the pitcher's hand. You got to pick it up. I mean, you got to pick up crush, the ball yeah. coming from. I mean, it's crazy. crazy. Yeah, yeah it's absolutely so crazy. crazy. I don't know if you guys remember from like little league when there was like a pitcher with like. A little bit different of a windup, just a little different. You'd be. It was really confusing for me. Mm, you know. It? Yeah. Well, I wasn't good, but also like <laughs> to throw off the cord. <laughs> just like <laughs> if if uh, that answer is that. That 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 why I struck out every time? Yeah, that's exactly. Why <laughs> that's why every time. That's why you were picked last, Matt. Coach, I got my three swings in. I'm ready to sit down on the bench again. All right. Well, welcome to Sports Podcast. <laughs> welcome to Sportscast. Yeah. Well, we all like sports. That's good. Uh, no, no. Three <laughs> cheers to Liverpool. It's uh, cool to see them uh, winning it like that. It was uh, it was an awesome season to watch both Champions League and Premier League. Yeah. Because without Liverpool and Man City, it would have been kind of a boring year in the EPL because the last three teams below them were just trying to lose, <laughs> apparently. Playing um, hot and, potato and, and, and with and their fourth place. Tottenham. But uh, yeah, it'll be fun to, next year. Maybe maybe Everton can sneak into the top six. That's that's the goal. Is that the goal? That's the goal. It's not a very uh, auspicious, or not a very big goal, I guess. I don't know why I was going to say auspicious, but... What's auspicious? That's What's not, auspicious mean, Jakey? That's not what I was trying Tell to say. Okay. Um, but uh, back to vocabulary podcast. That's next week. Um, <laughs> Vocabcast. Yeah, what uh, what have you guys been up to since the last time? I'm trying we to get into this whiskey. Spoke. What are we drinking? Oh, yeah. Oh. For sure. That's a good start. Yeah, we got New a nice bottle. riff. Um... From uh, let me see if I can find a city here from Newport, Kentucky. Newport, mm. Kentucky. Um, this is a four-year-old single barrel, barrel-proof uh, bourbon. Um, looks like we're coming in at one hundred and one point, one hundred eleven point five. Now this is a pick from the Nashville Bourbon Society. Um, so I, I, I was super pumped to be able to get. I actually grabbed a couple bottles from this from this barrel. Um, picked by a bunch of people, including some of my friends. Uh, shout out to uh, Terry Nolan, Trinity Ortiz, Chris Clark, um, the Barrel and Bruise Boys for uh, picking such a a really nice, really nice little barrel. Huh. Four years old, but 
It's got um really yeah. has some wonderful like honey complexity to it. Yeah, and stuff once like that, it, so. once it, it hits the palate, it's nice. On the nose, I, I just can't. I don't know what. Maybe it's just me. No, I, I on the it's nose, it's pretty I, heat. Pretty, yep, it's pretty yeah, hot, hot on the nose, hot on the nose. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was it all larger cast? Was it smaller cast? Uh, fifty-three gallon. Okay. Yeah, it's all fifty-three gallon. Um, much like us, new riff I think is really cool for not really honey tones. Yeah. Now, you know, I don't know a ton about them, but um, from what I do know, it seems like they're not cutting any corners. They're they're non-chill filtered. Um, all their stuff seems to be really good. So Exci- exciting little uh, distillery here yeah. coming out of Kentucky. No, no, it's a nice Kentucky. bottle. Kentucky. It's not that it's not for, you know, um, almost being 112 proof, too. It's, it's pretty, cool to say Kentucky. Nice. It's, like it's cool those, to say Kentucky? To say Kentucky, if you say Why it's is like, that? It's kind of cool. Kentucky. 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 Like in Texas, Texas is a cool state to pronounce That's true. as well. Yeah. Tejas. Chicago is a cool city to say. Chicago, yeah, I love it. Do you? I do. Great. Well, Wilson, what have you been up to since <laughs> I last saw you? Well, since I last saw you and Matthew, um, just being productive. Um, mm. Just getting ready wow. for summer, man. That sums it up. Yeah, just yeah. being productive. Productive what does that mean? That Any means, details? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I never like to say busy because we're all busy. I mean, yeah, that's just sure. the case. Yeah. But... Well, well not just, me. But <clears throat> you're never busy. Nah. Yeah, I like Blom, to produce. Blom brother sells itself. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys have lunch without me that. last Friday? No. What's that? No. No, I didn't make it. Me and me and Jamie had lunch. Oh. Uh, t- two two guests just having lunch, describing their experiences on the pod. Nice. Interesting. <laughs> More interesting than Wilson's uh, details of being uh, productive. Productive. Yeah. Well, you missed. Uh, we were having lunch on Friday, and you missed it because uh, you were pitching a barrel, huh? Yeah. How'd oh, that yeah. go? How did it go? Went really well. So we'll we'll see. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. What yeah, it's actually. Um, we're all we're, we're all crossing our fingers. fingers. Can't speak we on it. Took a little break. Again, I think we're up against uh, Heaven Hill. This Ooh, time. great! So, all right. Just so <laughs> a little distillery. Yeah. Jeez. <sighs> You know, it's Knob Creek last time, right? Knob Creek was the first time, and then this one I'm up against Heaven Hill now. So, just sh- just showing everyone out there that uh, we can't win. There's all <laughs> there's always someone we can win. Damn well, it. yeah, that's why I keep going out we, there. We're going to we, win. Uh, yeah. we will win. We Speaking win, of but, winning, uh, we won on on the state level. From oh yeah, we definitely. About. Yeah, what's that? The no oh, more distillers. Yeah, that's what we're going to talk about. Yes. Uh, so, um, governor hasn't. Signed the bill yet, but weed um, is legal. The oh, well, that is true. Um, weed that, is legal. That dude. has been signed. That has been, <laughs> That's signed. been signed. And so has the abortion bill of protection rights as well. So yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, there uh, a much lower. S- yes. <laughs> much much lower stakes compared to that, but the bill the Illinois Craft Distillers Association um, was trying to push through to get some parity between the. Uh, liquor business and wine and beer makers. Uh, mm-hmm. It passed both houses, so we're in good shape. That's awesome. Yeah, it's going to hopefully, I'm mean, just talking with Kevin for a couple of minutes, the owner it's of Beguile. Um, it's going to open up a lot of potential. Just traveling overseas and to different states, you see that the capabilities that distilleries and breweries can have with their back bars, mm-hmm. um, their brew pubs and their pubs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot different than here in Chicago. Did you fall in love on your travels? With another woman? No, dude. Oh. Did you fall in love with what you're going to be doing? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, well, we can get that. It's like what Jamie touched on, you know. You, you, oh, you, once you actually yeah, see it. Yeah, because once you actually see everything, and yeah, you're, it and was, you're in the market, you um, kind of feel lonely, but at the same time. 
Yeah, what Wilson's speaking of is I went over to Melbourne to see uh, the distillery that I work for, Starward, which is based out of there and has been around for about 10 years. Um, they built a new facility about 45,000 square feet um, three That's years huge. ago. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, they're actually, I mean, they're the, so they're the biggest whiskey distillery in Australia currently, but here it'd just be a large craft distillery. It's, mm. I mean, it reminds me very similar, even the infrastructure of it all and set up um, to Cobol. Like mm. they have like a same, similar ceiling, just with the like, natural light coming in <laughs> and where yeah. the still's at compared. And then um, with all the barrels aging, the difference is their, their bar. I mean, the bar there is, they have this giant bar with the uh, gins and whiskeys from Australia and all over the world as well. That's um, cool. Yeah, and they have uh, some beer as well that's um, imported in from Japan, America, and then local beers too. Oh, wow. Yeah, nothing on tap, all cans. Um, but that's it's really cool to have that whole experience. But yeah, to answer your question, it was great to go over there and see the culture of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're selling an Australian whiskey in the States, and I enjoy the spirit, obviously, that's why I work for them, but... Uh, you don't really know the details of what goes into it. You're told it, you re- you read it, you speak it then, mm-hmm. but actually living those experiences yeah, yeah. is when you come kind of really what you say, fall in love. Yeah. It's where your passion um, meets uh, a truth to identity of the company. Right. And are able to sell those products. It was a great opportunity to go out to Yarra Valley, which is the wine country over in Victoria, the state which uh, Melbourne is in, and see some of the wineries that we use the barrels mm-hmm. of because exclusively age in red wine barrels. So it's all Australian red wine barrels and going to see those barrels in person and talk to people about the complexities of the grapes and yeah. this growing season and then the individual wines and what's left behind for our, for in the barrels for us to use is mm-hmm. uh, it's a big identity to what the company is because um, on a global level, I'm pretty sure nobody's doing the extensive 10,000 gallon 10,000 barrels um, that we have um, um, barrel aging right now that are all red wine casts. Ten, it's all 10,000 barrels. It's 10,000 barrels. You guys so are sitting on 10,000 barrels. The coolest thing, I, one of the coolest things <coughs> I learned definitely stat-wise was in that area of Victoria and through the couple of valleys of um, wine countries that there's 78,000 wine casts and Star Wars has 10,000 of those casts. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's interesting to see what um, Dave, the founder, has created. Nobody was really using wine casts back then um, when he started the company a decade ago or so. And they're basically just used for flower pots, like at Home Depot. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so he's kind of started the secondary market of wine um, barrels, which we have here in the States. And, mm. you know, what Scotland obviously does a sherry cask as well. Mm-hmm. And what's gone on from there is that the barrels have just kind of driven up in price. So there's one of our whiskeys. We use these smaller um, uh, barrels that are called Apera, which is basically Australian sherry. Mm-hmm. And they're 30-gallon casks or smaller he bought them back in the day for like fifty bucks. And now they're like eight hundred, nine hundred dollars. Wow. Oh yeah, yeah. So like I was talking with uh, Lark Distillery, which is one of the well-known distilleries over there in Tasmania. I was talking to one of the guys there, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure we paid like nine hundred dollars for our last <laughs> for like, individually for barrels. Jeez, that's crazy. Last shipment. So it's v- victim of, victims of their own success. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's uh, but it's to cool. say the least. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing to see that the culture of spirits in Australia. I had no idea yeah. how extensive it was uh, until going over there. I knew, knew a handful of distilleries. I uh, knew four pillars of gin, but I had no idea like, how many like, aperitifs were being made there, how many liqueurs were being made there. Sure. Knew the beer scene a little bit. Um, knew the wine. Faustas. Faustas. <laughs> it's Australian for beer. <laughs> I, 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 I don't think I saw one can of a, a Fosters. Interesting. Yeah. Or Really? I, were you blindfolded? I was. Brought in, in and out of the distillery <laughs> with a sack over your head? Yeah, pretty much. 
Pretty oh wow, it's nice here. Much. The ceiling reminds me of Cornwall. They do love Boilermakers there. It Ooh, is huge. They love Boilermakers, Boilermakers there. Yeah, pairing whiskey and beer is huge there. Did you um? Did you when looking at the cocktail menu? Did you see any American influences? Um. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely there still is that, but there's um. A big highball scene there oh, too. Yeah, yeah. highball's um, big down there. Yeah, and they also use a lot of like fresh juices. So there's a nice. apple, ju- apple. There's like an apple carbonated juice that they a lot of people use, oh, nice. um, huh. and an apple juice too. Just kind of just yeah, for cocktail. So we back. don't usually think of that. No, with cocktails. you didn't bring any back. What of the apple stuff? The apple juice? No, I brought back way too much uh, stuff illegally. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Wow. I brought a koala. I brought a koala. <laughs> Did you fight a kangaroo? I brought a baby kangaroo. <laughs> Did you fight it's one? It's in your pouch right now. I saw a few. Did you really? Yeah, on a golf course. No oh, shit. Golfing? Yeah. I was not golfing. Just no, go- the kangaroos were golfing. They were golfing, yes. Yeah. I was, I was, they, uh, they were playing through. <laughs> Got it. Um, <laughs> they were playing no, through. They were playing through. <laughs> well, see you guys later. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Key in the Lake. Rue talking. <laughs> no, it, it's, uh, yeah, the, the amount of gin that's happening there is crazy. A lot of, um, some slow gins, which is nice. Um, mm. I can't remember the company I had one slow gin from, but it definitely was like to the level of Sip Smith slow gin. Uh, oh, shit. Yeah, it was real tasty. Uh, other than highballs, were you seeing any other like East Asian influences? Like, yeah, uh, I mean, the people walking around. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was racist. Oh, no, there's a lot, there's a lot, of, just there's a lot of Chinese tourists there. Oh, okay. And a lot of Chinese people live there. <laughs> um, and Japanese tourists. Um, yeah, I, I, a lot of the cuisine-wise, definitely saw the influence. Oh, interesting, there. yeah. yeah. Um, cocktails, I'm trying to think. You know, I drank a lot of uh, neat pours, just trying to str- yeah, try a lot sure. of different yeah. stuff. Um, I drank a lot of craft beer as well. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Let, me, let me put it this way, I guess, then. Did you see a lot of uh, Japanese whiskey on the back bar or anything yeah, like that? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, there yeah, was yeah. a ton of, yeah. I, I mean, why wouldn't he? Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, no, no. Because you were blindfolded. So, yeah, exactly. That's why. So, I would say, like, the biggest, um, you know, I didn't see a ton of Jack, which I was surprised by. Good. Um, it, it was definitely prevalent, but, like, um, some smaller brands I saw a lot were uh, um, Eel Rare. Um, Mictors was everywhere. Oh, that's very yeah, interesting. Yeah, definitely. Uh, actually, I had um, uh, Laws. No shit. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> I had one. I was at a bar. A really that's good, awesome. A really good bar. And I saw Laws there, and I'm like, I gotta get a pour of this. Oh uh, yeah. man, that's yeah. super cool. Yeah. So I saw that. A lot of, actually, a lot of Cobalt. Cobalt is. Oh really? Yeah. Which I forgot. I used to ship. I used to ship. Some you used to ship all yeah. stuff. Yeah. Up and there, I was yeah. like, and I'm, I walked into a bottle store, and they had a bottle of 752. They do 700 milliliters mostly. They had 750. Oh, sitting in a bar. It's like a hundred ninety dollars. <laughs> wow! <laughs> yeah, so, so you bought it. Of so I course. bought it yeah. and just drank it real fast. Um, <laughs> Expensed yeah. it. To Expensed it all. Yeah. Back. Like here, it's I'm so doing funny. you guys a favor. I did send Mark a picture though, some four grand at a bar. The first bar I saw it at. So then Mark cool. a picture of That's awesome. the four grand bottle. Um, but yeah, it was. I'm trying to think what other American spirits I saw a lot of there. Oh, Sazerac. Um, the yeah. rye. The rye. The yeah. rye. Yeah. For sure. Um, Rittenhouse was on a few menus as well, which is hmm. really popular here. You know, for like cocktails. Well, was. Cheap, man. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. it was, it was, yeah, definitely a, a lot of American influence, but also a ton of Japanese influence when it came to whiskey. A lot of Nikka coffee, um, mm. a lot of uh, Hibiki, and all Suntory brands in general. So, yeah, to answer your question, there definitely was um, that going on. Um, and a lot of Scotch. They drink a lot of oh, Scotch. Oh, really? Yeah. Scotch is yeah. yeah. Scotch is. It seemed like Scotch is probably the most prevalent. Um, spirit when you're drinking neat or on the rocks. Um, then cocktail wise, it's all over the place. A lot of gin. There's a lot of gin distilleries there. So that's they, interesting. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of uh, a lot of gin cocktails too. Yeah, yeah but amazing, amazing bars and 
restaurants is kind of they kind of um, hold themselves to the standard of being like the foodie capital of Australia and gotcha. like and one of the competitors competitors like food capital of the world too. Um, so everything there is like kind of based around what you're drinking, what you're eating, kind of pairing it together. Gotcha. There's a whole bar dedicated to basically like boilermakers. It's called the Boilermaker Room. <laughs> Got 900 it. 900 bottles on the back shelf. <laughs> wow. So a great, great collection. Beautiful, beautiful place too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it has like 26 taps. Holy yeah. shit. That's something that we don't really, I mean, <clears throat> maybe we take it for granted that. Ours uh, is cheap. Yeah. But, uh. There's not any really place in Chicago that's like this spoiler maker works really well together. No. You know what I'm saying? No, it's kind of something I was like want to talk to you guys actually about. It's like it's I think it's something that we could bring to the states a lot because sure. ours is yeah. like ours is that handshake deal of like Jack and a PBR. Right. Um. So it's nothing nothing like craft beer focus, and that's why I think we're the still pubs potential has a lot to come in because yeah. like it's just tough because of the higher ABVs. What do you mean? Well, I mean, our beers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. higher ABV. I mean, so a low, it, it, a low yeah, ABV a there is like two and a half. Yeah, ours really? is four, four, two, four, oh, five. Wow. Yeah. yeah, and like if you if you're at uh, Beguile or whatever, like to have a delicious IPA, it's probably like seven or eight percent. Yeah, you're and looking you're at a high, shot, too. and then yeah. you're doing a shot as well. Oh, you sip it, you fools. Well, I mean, of oh, course well, you do. Yeah, yeah, I guess you could. You could. That's but, a you know, I'm just saying that oh, it, do people it would. Sip? I can see how. Yeah. Well, that could know. be, yeah. be brought no, here guess, uh, again or revived. You could, you could sip the beer or the whiskey. <laughs> you should sip both. <laughs> what a strange what? idea. <laughs> I know. It, you know it, it, that's one actually thing I did learn there was that, you know, I ate slower, I drank slower, and I really just felt the flavors of everything I was doing. Interesting. Even just walking. I, I found myself walking slower. I usually walk through the city very Shit, fast. Do they have higher day. gravity down there? Or? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Probably. I did feel like I was floating for about a week, so yeah, <laughs> honestly, did um, never really felt settled, but uh, had a bad like hay fever as well. Hay um, fever, yeah, just like a- allergies fever? and stuff, oh, sore throat. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, that's what happens when you're skinny. There, uh, yeah, that was happens what, when you're skinny. What happens when you're skinny? I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's those aggressive Australian flowers. I'll have to get you. They do. I smelled a flower, and the next day I couldn't. I couldn't breathe. Oh. Great. Yep. Now I'm going to blame Australia and the kangaroos. So <laughs> tell me more about the, the, the boilermaker place. So, yep. what did you? How many of those did you try? Or did you just so they actually had um, what one of the things that Star Wars does is they uh, have probably like 15 gallon 10 15 gallon barrels that they sell to bars to pour out of um which makes it's basically a finished whiskey then and so it's extra finish to it if you will yeah um which brings up the proof a little bit on it and also provides a lot more spiciness to it so what we did we asked them just pair like two beers with that give us six pints total there's six of us and we'll share it around so he brought yeah. us over a porter and uh, ipa just to pair with it so it's a what, what their what their culture is it's a either um you know, like a 10-ounce pour or a pint pour and with, a, like, an ounce of whiskey. So uh, it's not like okay. you're, you're not shooting, you're sipping everything, you're drinking everything. <clears throat> you're trying to experience both uh, both drinks on a full end from from the palate. So it's not about, like, or us, we're like, hey, I'll take a shot of Jack in a PBR for $7 and shoot the Jack and, you know, drink a PBR. Mm-hmm. It's there. It's sipping both. Them, yeah. Let them play off each That's other. interesting. Because, yeah. like, when I think of a Boilermaker, I think of, like, well, let me get a beer that I like, and then also a whiskey I like. Yeah. I don't even really think of them 
yeah. like compliment each other. Yeah, I I I hope that they do. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, it's but funny that, but that's actually quite interesting. Yeah, so they actually had a menu developed. I mean, they obviously you can just get neat. Po- it's a whiskey bar at yeah. first, but like it's just called the Boilermaker Room because it's so popular there, and they have a few different bars. But they have a whole menu with pairings. So they have like, hey, let's take this, um, you know. 10 year old bourbon and mm. put it with this craft beer. Yeah. Yeah. So it's. We did that with Smiley Brothers over in Evanston. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They, they're pretty much the only place I can think of that does something similar, but it's more of a. It's more of a. It's like to bring the local in, the mm. local element, and they'll do a flight of right. their beer and a flight and of their. Flight of the yeah. whiskey. Fl- yeah. Or just spirits. We, or spirits. Yeah. Well. Mm-hmm. Our barrel aged gin has been a part of that. So. Yeah, I think what we'd have to do in the states to kind of, like you said, counteract the amount of um, ABV that you're drinking overall is that you'd just probably do ten ounce pours. Yeah, if not I'm sure. smaller. Um, yeah, the, you would. Ha- I mean, yeah. I mean, I, for, for instance, like the the cocktail we tapped over the weekend. Once we bashed everything with the blonde and then with yeah. the bourbon and everything, it was twelve point six ABV. So. Yeah, and you're probably drinking it fast. And you're drinking it because it's refreshing. So those can obviously be dangerous, but yeah. deliciousness at the same time. But I think it's a cool thing about hence tra- the name. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, it's the cool part about traveling though is that you you think we're really different and we are different as like cultures, but we're the same as people. But seeing how you play ah, with like yes, how you play like. T- we, we all drink craft Traveling, beer things are different. Yeah, right. But some things are the same. Yeah, they, a lot of them are. <laughs> Regional. I felt like I was clear. in America actually most of the time. It felt like a very American city. Interesting. Um, but uh, it reminded me of like Chicago because the river divides the city from the north side to the south side of downtown oh, wow. loop, and then like the ocean's right there, so it has like our vibe of the lake being right there as well. Oh, that's mm-hmm. cool. Um, uh, but yeah, it was just that you see how p- different cultures use all these like craft spirits and craft beer, and but drink them differently and mm-hmm. then also with like the individual products they have there like these juices they incorporate into cocktails as well yeah that's interesting so it's the really juices tasty. that you talk about are they native to yeah it's all local stuff yeah. so because I just think about obviously the Asian persuasion as well mm. I like that possibly I started a band called Asian persuasion I would really hope you don't <laughs> um, I think uh, I just think it's you know here uh, juice wise in cocktails citrus is basically it yeah you know, unless you're like a tiki bar, but no one's yeah. really, yeah. Don't hit the table, Wilson. Um, I think um, I'm going to design, help, help, or kind of. I've seen more the mics, tropical The mic's three feet away from you. Oh. More <laughs> tropical fruits. Yeah. Too. I mean, like you go tiki-wise. Um, well, tiki-wise, yeah. But, but other than that. Other than yeah. that, I mean, I've, we've toyed with watermelon and bourbon. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Passion fruit and bourbon. Yeah, we've used like some, um. Uh, what's that one brand that we've used a few times for cocktails? Really high, like carbonated juice, sugar content. Um, Minute made. We've done that too. No, uh, yeah. What are those uh, sodas things? The, the, the orange blood when we use? Oh, oh Martinelli's. No. The Izzy's? It's like a San Pellegrino, but flavored. Oh, Newman. yeah, yeah, San Pellegrino. Is San Pellegrino? Yeah, Newman's own. Yeah. Mm, okay, yeah, there we go. Yeah, that's what we've used. Yeah. Um, but yeah, these were like this actual like juices, you know? Yeah. So I think one of them, a couple of them were carbonated, but... Which is really tasty pairing, like, you know, four-year-old whiskey and these juices and then whatever else ingredients. Probably yeah. a, I would say it's a pie, probably a five- or six-step cocktail, if I remember correctly. Interesting. So, yeah, but it Sounds inefficient. <laughs> you're inefficient. Sounds like they should batch some of those together. Well, I think they do at, some, at certain bars. where like, they're more known for that. And then this bar, was I was that was a cocktail bar, so mm-hmm. you're kind of more yeah. directing it towards that way of... Got it. One need to show. More interested in punishing the employees. 
Got it. I was at a bar in Brooklyn, and... I was at a bar in Brooklyn, the uh, Eddie no Cucky story. No sleep till... Thank you. Being in a bar in Brooklyn. But I just... Uh, I I don't I was with one of my coworkers and she ordered a I can't remember what craft cocktail she ordered and she's like this is why I hate working in craft spirits because she ordered one of her brands and she's saying it more sarcastically but like the guy took literally ten minutes to make the cocktail oh yeah and you're like it would have been just as good if you just you know <laughs> did a, th- a three or four step cocktail <laughs> yeah for sure um, but yeah it's all about the show well it wasn't even the show because the guy was an asshole <laughs> so oh, really? it was, yeah it was, that sucks um, it was very it, yeah we were with. Uh, um, one of the Westward uh, owners, and we walk in there and ask for West some Westward. Hey, we're gonna drink some Westward spirits, and he's like, "We don't carry that," and we see it like on the bar. Oh, that's and, the worst! And he's like, and he starts like shitting on the brand with the owner right in front of his face. No way. Yeah, with Christian right there, and you're just like, dude, you should um, maybe think about what you're doing when a, <laughs> when a, six people come in saying we want a Westward cocktails yeah they probably work for the company he even goes to what you work for the company or something yeah and oh, so or, like uh, yeah something like that or just <clears throat> or, or just um you're gonna lose a sale too like don't yeah. you want to like make the sale of selling like a craft yeah. spirits it's, it's like probably a, a three dollar yeah. upcharge yeah, it's or like whatever a dollar <laughs> bottle of whiskey so you're probably making like twenty dollar cocktails <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah, for six people exactly that it just shows you that interaction is 100 percent about himself yeah. and not about the customer or the product yeah i mean you know it, that kind of gets back to like so much of the conversations i've had over the last few weeks while traveling is that it's we need to bring back like the hospitality to the bar scene and um, had a really interesting conversation with Tate, um, the owner of Bebo Agro Sum mm-hmm. last weekend in LA. And that's like his whole bar experience is like, yeah. I grew up in hospitality. All I want to do is create an experience that's like using my like passions, but also have a very w- welcoming environment for people yeah. to come and yeah. drink, uh, have awesome drinks. <laughs> right. Um, talked with the, uh, the podcast released this morning with Georgie was kind of the same way. Yeah, he's, he touched a, on that. he's a bartender by trade. Yeah. So it's, and I mean, that's just the conversations that I recorded, whereas so many people are talking about it in Australia. I mean, you hear it all the time, like, oh, Australians are the nicest people in the world. Like literally they're the nicest people in the world. I walk into like a dive bar and guys kind of looks like an, a typical American bartender in a dive bar, longer hair, beard, you know, maybe he gets and give you the time of day. This guy's like, hey, what's up? Come on in. He's like, come back to my secret whiskey room. And like, I'm like, I just met you like two minutes ago and I ordered like the right beer, you know, whatever. Do you, do you think it's a, here's a question. Yeah. Uh, do you think it's a inevitability that in we, the United States? Our access to porn? That what? <laughs> eventually Jesus. porn ends up on Fox. Wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> Just Stop. like the Simpsons predicted. This is a child-friendly no. podcast. Um, no, it isn't. We're I haven't whiskey. dropped an F-bomb this whole time. I'm about to drop it on you right now. What the fuck? Okay, that's not. Okay, so here's my, here's my real question. Thanks for stalling because I hadn't formulated exactly what I wanted to say. Do you think it's inevitable in the United, you know, you're t- you know, we need to get back to hospitality. Yes, totally yeah. agree. Do you think it's inevitable in the United States? Once something gets popular, then the gatekeepers come in and make it unapproachable for people. Is that what you think like, happened like in the cocktail renaissance in the I, last 10 years? Totally. Okay. I think once something gets popular, there's like a second wave of people who try to protect it to not let other people in the door. Does that make sense? I know, so you're thinking like you kind of more like the the first um, uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of like portfolio managers of cocktail bars that like were the first ones to develop cocktail menus and programs. Yeah, you, let me let me put it this way. I think well, it's, I mean, I mean, my question is who's the gatekeeper in this situation? Yeah, sure. Oh, who's the gatekeeper? So, um, yeah, like uh, like restaurant groups, like rest no uh, more bartenders, people who have bar programs, and then maybe restaurant groups don't do a good enough job stressing the hospitality mm-hmm. so that the employees and creative people around around the restaurant um, lose sight of what's important is what the customer is. And then they think, like, you know, we're, I'm on the front wave. I don't need to do these little things anymore that's so important to the customer experience because they're going to come in anyways because we're popular. popular. Yeah. I mean, it's possible. I mean, you see that. I think that's kind of what's happened in everything in life. I look at TV. Um, yeah. I mean, I think HBO still kind of has that mentality or I guess that um, personality of letting their creators really develop what they want to do. And mm-hmm. we just kind of sit there and pay the checks as long as it's like it's good quality. We'll, we'll air it and we'll let you kind of step back yeah. away from it. I mean, I, I think it's interesting, though, and food and, you know, liquor, because it's such an immediate response too. you don't. If you're cre- if you're doing television, you don't get an immediate response from true. someone. True, true. But if you're at a bar, you can, you know, ninety nine times out of a hundred gauge the reaction of the person you're interacting with in front of you. And I think it's interesting that you know there's such a prevailing stereotype of a bartender, okay. of like a craft spirits bartender. Yeah. You know yeah. that is not friendly to customers. Yeah. I mean, I had that. I mean, this is, I mean, I came in this industry six years ago and I already had that mentality coming into it. Yeah. And, you know, that was only a few years into this mentality kind of Mentality about. Like, okay, if I see a bartender wearing a denim apron with a white shirt and a tie underneath and a handlebar mustache with uh, a Gatsby hat, you're like, okay, guys can probably be a dick. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And, well, uh, I think. <laughs> because that was the experiences I had had with it, mm. I guess. Mm. I mean, there's whole, mm-hmm. like, even uh, Portlandia skits about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, I mean, yeah, I guess it's an interesting question. It's hard to gauge because right. so many of those people, I guess, are still in the industry that started this whole thing a decade or so ago. And we're still in the boom. Yeah. Quite frankly. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's new bars popping up all the time. There's mm. new neighborhoods that are being, like, renovated, gentrified, whatever you want to call it, to, you know, have awesome restaurants and bars and cocktails scenes and bringing whiskey to good neighborhoods. You even see like yeah. older bars that are like remodeling to kind of fit the current mold sure. um, of what's happening in uh, this Not industry. Not unlike the native, our yeah. previous guests. You yeah, know. yeah, yeah. I mean... Your previous guests. Yeah, I don't I mean, know the like, podcast. Even with Jared, like he kind of went the opposite route where he was like, I want to start a cool scotch bar and it turned into a basically a poor shot bar with a good cool. collection well, behind I mean, the bar. Well, think about where it's located. I mean, you have to... Yeah, and these restaurant groups that are well, it's interesting. doing well too. Yeah, their whole mo is opening establishments in particular areas yeah. to mm. service particular customers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, that experience is more now being considered than it was before hmm. in the sense where what they're offering. Yeah. And I'm not trying to like put words into anybody's mouth in this conversation. I just think of what, like what, what Dustin's done at Swill in mm. in chat room or to chat and some of the other bars he's owned. Whereas like 
it's like the opposite experience. Like, it, yeah, it's crafty. You could tell like they're, they're craft guys and mm-hmm. all that stuff, but they're so welcoming. They're so nice to yeah. everybody. It, maybe it has that vibe of like, oh, we, we're a secret bar yeah. in a way. But like once you get in there, it's like, like, mm-hmm. like what can I get for you? And it was, and, they, and I think you just hit it on the head because Dustin and Lamar, in this case, the chef, oh, um, shout out to the chef Lamar. Um, they have that background. They have that background. Yeah. That's what they... But wouldn't you consider their old employer like the gatekeeper? I mean, like, I'm not saying they are. I'm just like, yeah. when they, I guess in this kind of circumstance, but, but all their restaurants, I think are pretty cool and pretty nice. Yeah. I mean, everybody. they're pretty nice, yeah. but see, that's it. You're walking into a nice place. Mm-hmm. No, I, mean, I, think, you, I think people are nice there too, for most oh, part. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I think these newer places that are coming out that we're touching base on right now that, that we've used as examples, the owners are mm. part, we're part of something maybe of a larger restaurant group yeah. mm-hmm. or miss the that aspect of the service industry and they yeah. wanted to bring it back in their way oh because we've seen mm-hmm. bars that were here for six months and closed yeah because why yeah. because they, they're shitty oh no 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 no. i'm talking well to people you mean yeah 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 because uh, i mean like some of the nicest i mean there's two bars i'm thinking of that are very were very nice bars and they were here for less than a year and yeah like you know you had that reputation where people yeah. were like if i can't come in off the street and like, just sit down. I'll wait ten minutes. That's fine. But if I don't have a reser- after a reservation to come drink now, yeah. like, yep. it's like, all right. I think we're taking ourselves a little too seriously. Yeah. Maybe like, we don't even realize we are the gatekeeper at that point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Especially in Chicago, where it's such an informal dining yeah. culture. Yeah. You know, we're good eaters and drinkers. Yeah. We're not necessarily we like ride the train, good, we take the bus, we walk yeah. everywhere. We're so not necessarily like, good diners. No, you know, no, we we we're go not. if we're going out, like we're. You know, uh, the kids are with grandma, and you're going three or four or five or nine different places. You're not going to have one four-hour dinner yeah. and then go home. Yeah, that's not our thing. Yeah, you know, so to have so to have a <laughs> so to have a culture where it's or have a spot that's like, hey, yeah, I'll get to your drink in 15 minutes, or mm-hmm. you'll have a spot at the bar at this reservation time. Like it's not, it was never. That's if I'm of thinking a new, of that's the, a New York thing. Yeah, if I'm thinking of the it, two places. It? That you yeah, were I'm sure talking you about, yeah. Were, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's I'm no. furiously scribbling on a whiteboard behind me, and Wilson <laughs> and Jake are nodding enthusiastically. Something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, you still have to keep your uh, keep your friends, I guess, in this industry. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's just, it, it, and I have I've had conversations with people that are much more connected in the bar scene about those places too, and they're like, yeah, it's just that it just. They tried to do something that wasn't fitting this city. Yeah. yeah. Um, you have to, you know, build those relationships first, yep. especially in this city. It's very, you can be, um, it's a very uh, inclusive city. As, you know, Tate was talking about in the last podcast, how everyone helped him out mm-hmm. um, with uh, the uppers and downers cocktail competition where he came in to compete just kind of as fun, ended up winning. Well, he didn't have any ingredients to support an yeah. entire, uh, you know, event the next that weekend. So then everybody else pitched in from yeah. Thalia Hall and Do Six and yeah, helped yeah. him out. Like, that's super cool. It's awesome. And that's what we do here. But you also have to, like, be a good person, you know? Yeah. And, and I also think, too, part of it is, if you if you go against the grain too, I think mm. you can be isolated in the city pretty quickly as yeah. well. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you get blackballed easily, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you might have your neighborhood support still. I mean, because it's, yeah. a, if well, it's yeah. a convenient place, easy place, or whatever. Or it's a cool place to hang out. Mm-hmm. But I, I think, I mean, obviously, if even if you don't know somebody real well or know them at all, like you recognize names in the city. Yeah, it's a very true. it's a very small connected place, and you can it be is. anywhere. I mean, I was having a conversation the other day with some folks in New York about like 
some stuff in Chicago and didn't think they would know these people whatsoever. And so, but you know, still, you, you still mind your P's and Q's just in yeah. case. And you're mm-hmm. like, all right, good thing. I didn't uh, completely uh, commit to what I was on my mind, yeah, but uh, um, you're like, Oh yeah, you do know them. So that's good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a small, it's a small industry. When you're about to, to talk about me, weren't you? I was, I was, um, it's been a it's been a long waiting conversation. Um, actually the brothers have, uh, informed me. Yes. They've reached out to me through Marty Duffy. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> you're fi- When's he gonna be? You're fired. <laughs> I, I told. I'll just read to you my text that I sent to Matt Blum the other day. All right. Um, we're talking about you know everything. I finished. Uh, I don't think he's gonna fire me because of my beautiful words that I texted him. Oh. And I'll read Goodness. to you right now. Uh, if you fire me, I'll burn the place down. That's what you told Jesus. him. Yes. Okay. Uh, so I think I'm Why good. were you having this conversation in the first place? Because <laughs> I needed to threaten him. I mean, because we're friends. Uh, we work together. Uh, you work for him. I work for him. <laughs> <laughs> he told me that specifically um, in Delilah's about a month ago. Did he really? He was like, see, see that little dweeb over if there? You fire me, I'll burn the whole place down. <laughs> if you, he, he pointed, to, pointed me across the bar and he was like, see that little dweeb? You weren't there. He's mine. You oh. weren't there. <laughs> showed me a, showed you a picture. <laughs> you left to go home because you weren't feeling good. I didn't feel good. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I know it. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I had yeah. strep throat. Oh, you did. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Strep throat's not fine. I was going to make an inappropriate comment, but I oh, held back. Thank you. Yeah. Did it uh, include the word throat? Oh yeah. my God. I'm glad you did that. <laughs> You two, your daughter's sake. You two have obviously. Been she away doesn't from know each other for very what a podcast is. You're good. She She's will nine someday. months old. She Isn't will. Isn't that kind of crazy that she can like go back and listen to this? I think about also what if I die before these podcasts come out? Oh, so it's you have to preface it with like in memoriam, Matt Brown died. Why do you <laughs> think I that? Because I, uh, I think about more mortality. Don't do we know? all? Oh yeah. Sure, why not? Fuck no, I yeah. don't think about that shit. <laughs> I mean, I do, but not to the extent I of like every podcast. I need to say, so I died before the record. Don't you? Uh, don't you lay awake at night staring at your ceiling? Yeah, at the world turning around you because you're really, Dude, really strong staring at that one pillow, crack my in the eyes ceiling. Are shut. I'm in dream. Think about man. your death. Yeah, yeah. Isn't I that common? do. I do actually. Every so, single night. Do yeah. you really? Not every single night, but every oh once in a God, while. Definitely are... think about mortality. Yeah, I don't talk. I don't even think about it. Why? It's, it's inevitable. Yeah, it is, but. It's the uh, the angst inside of my heart. The angst, <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of whiskey. And um, <laughs> yeah, it was something. Like oh, what is your event on Tuesday? Tomorrow, you mean? Uh, tomorrow, it's oh, a yeah. it's a media I was thinking dinner. It was next Tuesday, yeah, we're working yeah, with a PR company who invited a bunch of writers and stuff to come oh, cool. meet the brothers. Oh, nice. Yeah, those are the only details I have. <laughs> I have no idea how it's. Supposed are you to personally go. hosting it? Sure. Okay. Let's sure. say that. Wish I could make it. Well, we RSVP'd. Did you? Yeah. Oh. Thank you. I'll be out of town. Where are you going now? New York. Damn, man. What the hell? We have media launches just like you guys. Oh, yeah. That's what this is, right? A media launch? Media Yours? launch? Yeah. I assume it's a media launch of some sort. Okay. How, how does it work? Usually, you have people come and drink and ask you a lot of questions. Oh. Yeah. I can do that. Yeah. Oh, that's fine then. Yeah, I'll be in good shape. <laughs> they're going to talk more to the brothers probably since they're the distillers and the owners. Oh, right. And their names on the brand. So I can just stand around? Probably. Probably. Okay, cool. Or you can be the um, you can be pouring. You could be the MC. 
Yeah. Hey. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Well, so like what I do here. Yeah. Like the great job I do here. Dropping puns. <laughs> you could uh, you could do that, or you could just not show up at all, and they'd probably be much happier. <laughs> That's fair enough. I'm still thinking on on that. We're, we're, the subject matter of hospitality. That's yeah. That's okay. really like just, what? It's like at the gatekeeper part. Yeah, I, I guess that. I don't part know if the is, I don't know if that's the right term or, no, or whatever. I what's like stuck yeah, in my mind? It's just really. It's, like, it's, it's like, confused me. I'm confused. It, 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 I there's. No, I, I, I feel like I haven't been able to contribute to that because I'm a little confused uh, about it. Well, well, one of the first things that came in my head when you said gatekeeper, I know I knew what you meant by like the people that kind of started it or the restaurant groups that kind of control it, but. The other thought in my head was who was, is it the big brands that control it? Because, I mean, that's part of it for yeah, sure. Yeah, because I mean, they're coming in and dropping a lot more cases than us at a, at a lower price point. So at yeah. some point, it's kind of like um, uh, lobbying, if you will, in politics. It's like, well, I'm going to donate a bunch of money to your to your cause, to your um, you know candidacy, and then you kind of help me out once you're in office. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I've always seen, like, the bigger brands treating the bar system and the sure. retail system overall is that, you know, we're going to give you 20 cases at this low price point, mm-hmm. put us on your cocktail menu, mm-hmm. put us on your features. And when we need something, yeah, like, I hope that you will be able to do it for me. Yeah, and in the sense of how they can control the whole environment yeah. of – of this industry is that those bartenders are using certain products. Maybe mm-hmm. you just use certain products over and over again that you subconsciously just kind of become right. connected to those brands. Yeah. Which is why I feel the more successful spaces, if you will, now opening up are f- successful because they're moving away from that. They don't mm. want to use those products. They want to yeah. use their own products. They have the, you know, they don't want to make that cocktail. They rather make a different cocktail. You know, so talking about new bars, the new the hospitality aspect oh, okay. of it, yeah. where it's mm. obviously Got it. have to have an angle. Yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. Let's just get away from that, and then we're doing it our way. Yeah, yeah, and I think and Tate talked about that too. How he had a few smaller brands that he would like to use, and he talked about Plymouth because they're such great people mm-hmm. that the individuals he works with the company. So it's like he has that. Um, I guess, equaling out of, if you will, of big brands and small brands and where you can have those relationships. I mean, I think it goes back to that so much. We talk about it all the time. It's like they're, you know, people are buying us individuals as much as they're buying the brand too. Yeah. But yeah, 100%. It's, a, it's a struggle of, I mean, I guess, yeah, we could start our own bars if you wanted to, but I was just having a conversation um, with this wine company uh, that's, I think they're in West Hollywood or North Hollywood right now, but they want to open a second location in Chicago. One of the Hollywoods. One of the Hollywoods. <laughs> Hollywood Brown. Um, or Hall, I think a bit of this Hollywood from that really good movie in the 80s called Top Gun. Sure. Yeah. I'll trust you. Hollywood, yeah. That's a, a blind spot for me. Hollywood Ooh, he, yeah, I haven't he's, seen he's it. A pilot. He's a pilot he's and the then pilots. also Val Kilmer. No, he's Iceman. Uh, Val Kilmer's in it though, right? He's Iceman. Right? But Val new, Kilmer is new, Iceman. The new Top Gun? You're a new Top Gun. What? Your mom's a new Top Gun. I am so um, confused. But anyway. Are they rebooting Top Gun? Yeah. I thought that's what you were just talking no, about. No, I'm talking about in the original Top Gun, there was a guy called Hollywood. Yeah. Oh. He, he flies that? with Maverick when, when after Goose Passes. Goose oh, Passes? Oh, he does. You spoiled it. Yeah, remember? He died. You, you can spoil a 35-year-old year movie. Is that Meg Ryan, his wife? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
What? A young Meg Ryan. A young, cute Meg Ryan. Uh, anyway, back to bars. Um, <laughs> back to Val Kilmer. So <laughs> talking, I remember seeing that Batman movie that he was in in the theaters and thinking he was so cool. I was too young for the Michael Keaton Batmans. So I had seen like oh, the animated series. I tell you what. Right. I'm I, so over fucking Batman. Dude. I, uh, me too, as a matter of fact. So anyway, so back to my very interesting story. So uh, the animated pencils. series and then the Val Kilmer Batman and then the reboot of the um, Roger Moore TV series, The Saint, with Val Kilmer oh, in yeah. it. And I saw that in the same theaters, same. and I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Yep, and then I watched it about two years ago, and it's one of the worst movies ever. It's a what? very bad, it yeah, it's, it's really, really bad. Huh. Um, you get to see Val Kilmer making a, a very, uh, ooh, um, hard-to-watch couple of, like, accents. Val Kilmer <laughs> doing, like, characters <laughs> and stuff. And if you're interested in, like, this period of Val Kilmer's life, I suggest to you the Island of Dr. Moreau. Oh, my God. Uh, if you guys remember that movie, um, it's, a, it's probably one of the worst movies ever made with uh, Marlon Brando as Dr. Oh, Moreau. Right, yeah. yeah, and Veruca Salton. Anyways, there is a uh, documentary about the making of that movie, which is amazing. Oh, a couple yeah, of features, that, yeah. a couple of features of that one. The original director was fired four days into filming, and he just wandered off into the woods, and never was, to be seen again. It was on. Um, it was in Australia. It was uh, it, being filmed in Australia. Oh, I thought it was uh, filmed on Marlon Brando's island that he owned. No, no, no. Oh. So he, uh, so um, yeah, the original director, four days in, wandered off into the woods, never to be seen again, snuck back into production, dressed as one of the animal characters, and was like an extra, like just watching his own movie being made. Yes, Val Kilmer was so obnoxious and so annoying, everyone in the production uh complained about him he was basically acting like a frat boy the whole time and he was supposed to be the star but he read the script and he was like oh i want to be in 30 percent less of this movie so they changed his role and then uh all all of marlon brando's like weird uh outfits were just his own creations he would just kind (laughs) of show up and be like i want to be covered in white face paint for this scene and they're like yeah fine Action. So confused right Let's now. Let's go. I met Val Kilmer one time. That's interesting. Did you really? Mm-hmm. And it, well, actually, I saw him a lot when I used to live in Santa Fe. He huh. had a, he had a ranch outside of the city. He did not so he, age well. No. Was, was he pl- was he pleasant? Yeah, he was nice. I mean, my, my aunt was. I was with her in, at dinner, and she's like, I saw like kind of looking over behind my shoulder. I'm like, what are you looking at? She's like, that guy over there. He's just very handsome and very familiar looking. I'm like, I turn around, I'm like, Val Kilmer. Is that you're looking at? <laughs> and she, but this was this at? was like fat so Val Kilmer though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, and I'm like, oh, I guess yeah, he kind of is okay still looking, but yeah, he looked, seemed nice. He was wearing a nice seersucker suit. Remember that? Love seersucker. Um, yeah, something around town. Have you guys nice. have you guys ever had any interactions with just like a really nice mm-hmm. celebrity? Mm-hmm. I sat on a plane next to Jim Gaffigan for like three hours. <laughs> And we just the stand-up I, comedian, right? Yeah, 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 we just talked for like three hours. He's actually the one that introduced me in the podcast. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, this is a while ago. He was like, "You want to listen to my podcast?" Big no, boy? He, he didn't have one. He just was Put like, "These he, headphones on." He was like, he just was like, "Do you listen to podcasts?" And I'm like, I listen to a couple of sports ones. And he just like, and he just turned me on to like Pete Holmes and Mark Marin and oh, yeah. all, all those guys. And I'm like, oh, I'm like yeah, we, I'm pretty sure he stole my, my life and put it in his <laughs> act. Someone like someone, my friend saw his act like not too long after that, and like. 
did you have this conversation with him like on a plane? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that kind of sounds familiar. That's funny. I, I'm, then I ran into him like a bunch of times. No, you didn't. Yeah, I ran into him like three Who? or four times after. Jim Gaffigan. Yeah, so he since then. Yeah, so he that's loves so uh, like eating like really good like bad uh, food. Obviously. Well, most of, most of his stand up yeah. material is about eating. So there's this place called Zombie Burger in Des Moines. And he plays Des Moines a lot. I've seen him at that place twice. Like I was just at random. Zombie Burger. Yeah, yeah. and then that somewhere like else. An Iowa type of place. Zombie Burger. You know That's what? so funny. It is. It is Wilson. But back to uh, bars. No, no, no. no. So I want Wilson's celebrity. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Have you ever met a really nice celebrity? No, sir. Oh. They've all been shitty. I've never met a celebrity. Huh. You're looking at him, baby. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've never, yeah, I've never met. I'm not, I'm just, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I've seen some from yeah. afar. I don't think you'd be interested. I'm not in interested. In, I'm not yeah. interested in I'd, meeting them. We have to walk by so many people like on a monthly basis in Chicago that we just yeah. don't even recognize. That, cause there's so much stuff I mean, no one here. recognizes me. Yeah. <laughs> there's a reason. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> you shaved your beard. <laughs> That's true. You did. What brought what? that? Like, um, like most beautiful forests, uh, cleansing fire is necessary. And it's natural. So you, yeah. burnt your, you burnt your facial hair off? Yeah, it hurt real bad. Mm, so I need to grow like this beard back to cover the scars, the burn scars. Mm. Yeah. Um, no, I was trimming it, and uh, uh, that is a very anxious experience for me, like uh, ants <laughs> crawling all over my body. And so eventually uh, I just had enough of it, so I shaved off most of it into kind of a um, longer mustache. And then I had that for about a week. And then yesterday we had a first communion. Um, well, I didn't, I did not have a first communion. It was a child. It was a, no, no, no. She's a baby. It was, uh, my wife's cousin's daughter. Daughter. So, uh, we went to that first communion and I said, I, if I walk into this first communion with a mustache, I will be struck by a bolt of lightning. Why? Almost instantly. No. Cause it's, it was, it was, I enjoyed my mustache, but I also have enough self-awareness to be no, like uh, a longer, the first, the first 70s edition, mustache is yeah, gross. The first edition did not look good. It oh, looked, the it looked very porn-like. Yeah. And then yeah. after he shaped it properly, then Thank it looked you. good. <laughs> yeah. I was looking for the 70s porn. <laughs> So that's, I'm, I'm looking for it. Someone please give it to me. I was going to say, what, you're searching for like an old So the nicest treasure. celebrity that I've ever met was Dean Norris from Breaking Bad. He was really nice. Nice. He, had, he uh, ate at uh, the steakhouse that I managed in Sedona, Arizona oh, with his like oh, five yeah. kids. Cowboy. And cowboy the Ridge? Cowboy Club. Cowboy and he was very, very nice. And then uh, Frank Thomas and oh, comedian, yeah? yes, uh, f- former first baseman for the, my beloved Chicago White Sox. And comedian yeah. Tim Baltz. Who? All very nice guys. Tim Baltz used to be a big Second City guy. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, in the upcoming HBO sitcom comedy with um, um, John Goodman and uh, some other guys. Huh. Other oh, guys. yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Um, yeah. With, uh, it's about preachers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> preachers. Yeah, what's his face? Jesus. It's uh, about like... Um, you know who I did meet one time? Like twice. Joel Austin's. Yeah. I've met Greg Proops twice. <laughs> And right. he was super nice the first time. Oh, that's and then he was just a dick to me the second time. Cool. I gave him a bottle of Cobalt, too. And he was Did like, thanks, buddy. He's I was like, in Star Wars. I was a voice in Attack I, of the I, I gave him a clones. bottle of Cobalt because he loves vodka. Oh. And so I gave him Cobalt vodka as a gift. And he's like, starts ratting on me for like not introducing... Brittany, my girlfriend, to him at the time, and like just coming. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of so funny. Like, he's like, and I couldn't tell if he's like doing a shtick or. And I'm like, I asked Brittany too, and he's like, like, I think he's just being mean to you. 
Do you think it's because you gave him the bottle inside his home? Like you, you were waiting for him at his house. Yeah, that was kind of weird. That's a good point. <laughs> for him to come yeah. home. Yeah, it was, it was weird that I was like waiting I outside. Am and take the podcast. <laughs> I have no um, idea what's but no, going on. Uh, you never know. But it, should we talk some more whiskey? Yeah, and, probably. And other I'm things. still really confused. Yeah, no. I, okay, so, so maybe, I had a, I had an answer to this, but then you started talking about celebrities. And yeah, <laughs> I want to talk about them some more. <laughs> what are you talking about? Bob Dylan's whiskey now? Uh, no, just one more thing. Dick Buck is cut in line of a bunch of people waiting for a bathroom. Was it in Chicago? Yes, that's all right. Yeah, that's all right. Anyways, he's royalty, uh, man. What was your What was your real answer, Jake? I don't remember now. Cool. Damn it. Maybe be confused maybe gatekeeper it. like isn't the best way. I think you know when you're when you're working in this industry, it's so collaborative. You know, mm-hmm. you you. It see, can be. It can be. Collaborative. It, it can be. It should be. Should, can I say that? Yeah. Should can be. I, it should be. I like think it should see, be better. Yeah, yeah. You see, you know, your colleagues all the time at accounts. Mm-hmm. You grab lunch. You exchange notes. Yeah. But yeah. I think, I but I also think it's common. For once someone gets uh, to a certain level of success, and I've heard it from restaurant owners too, that their colleagues like eventually just pull up the ladder behind them and just say like, I'm good. I don't need to, I don't need to maintain these relationships with my cohorts and just like, I feel like that's common. So, and I think, uh, I feel like that mm. comes from a place of like, well, I don't need to serve the customers anymore with as much care because my thing is popular. But isn't every customer new, essentially? I mean, obviously there's returning customers, but I mean, even if you're new, even if you're a customer, you're coming in on a Thursday versus a Saturday, it could be a whole different bartender. It's like the- I, I think, yes, but I think it's a it's a attitude that pervades that. Mm. I, I, I strongly believe in, you know, like if... Your program, setting an example yeah. for you, everyone's an ambassador for where you're, they you're, work. In basically, this what you're saying is that your program's transcended hospitality. Yeah, I, that, that's what I think. Okay, I think I, I think you can have that attitude relatively easily, and I think it's a I think it's a shame. Well, it's a choice. Th- it's a choice that they make. I think so. Yeah, yeah certainly. It's, yeah, it's I agree. Completely a choice to make. You yeah. Wake up if you're not feeling it. You're. It's going to affect your whole day. I, I think mm. there's if in that in this, in this industry, mm. you can't have bad days. True. You dig what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, within not in ourselves. Front of the, not in front of not the customers. Oh, well, for us, yeah, it's a little bit different. For I guess. us, it's even different as well. Yeah. But we can't have bad days. No. Well, I think social media plays in that a little bit um, because some of these accounts, the bars, restaurants, whatever, maybe have this, like, um, they hire photographers for thousands of dollars and create these luxury pictures for, in like, Instagram and make this look like a very exclusive place. But it, it's a bar or a restaurant that's just open to anybody. Yeah. You don't need that's to. A good it, point. It, it, but yeah. but it, there's, an, there's an intimidation factor of the customers mm-hmm. walking in at first. Like, am I dressed right? Am I allowed to come here? Do I need a reservation? What's the process of getting in here? Because it looks like an like a, it's too exclusively looking um, so on the internet. Putting up a front. No, no, no. I, I think I, no, I love. I mean, I follow all of these bars and restaurants and photographers that to create this content. But I'm, I wonder if it kind of creates a front to it uh, in the minds of, of the customers who haven't been there yet mm-hmm. um, that are going, like, traveling to these cities and want to go to these places, and you walk in with an intimidation factor. Great great example. What if, of, don't, you know, judging a book by its cover. You walk into Lila's, and if you aren't listening to 1990s punk rock and <laughs> you're not wearing a Levi's jacket that has patches all over it, you're like, oh, my God, do I... 
Mind the wrong place. Mind the wrong place. <laughs> and then you go talk to the bar, with the bartending staff. You run into Mike, and they're yeah. the sweetest people in the world. Yeah, and for sure. You're like, oh, this is a very welcoming place. Like they might, you know, have a little bit of whatever. Like might ask, might have a strong question because they don't do cocktails, something like that. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to like judge you for it. They're just like, hey, we don't do cocktails here, or you know. We uh, let me know what you want. Take your time. Look at the li- look at the list. Look at the back bar. Mm-hmm. Let me know what you want. Um, oh, and now I know what I was gonna say about gatekeepers or whatever we were talking about. So that couple, like the couple of the I met that owns that shop in West Hollywood. It's a wine shop. Mm-hmm. And no, I was just right. and uh, and they are looking at opening a second location in Chicago because um, they're both from here or she's from here originally. Okay. But they were talking about how uh, the West Side they can't afford it. And I, oh, I was yeah, like, yeah, I was just, yeah. I was no, thinking, yeah. like, wow, four years ago, would you even say that? No one would touch no, the West Side. No, 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 no. I mean, like six, seven, eight years ago, that's when everything was just starting to move in. I mean, because mm-hmm. I lived over there at a time, and you hear about these bars kind of popping up. And I just remember, have you been to Frontier? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like, it's like, a really good place, really cool place. That's yeah. cool. But when they first moved in, there was nothing. Nothing. There was no buildings around. Nothing around them. It was just a building, basically. Yeah, they were right freestanding, there. literally. I went there for because um, <clears throat> they're an Iowa bar. I went there to watch an Iowa Bowl game, and they'd probably been open for a few months at that point. And I was like, "Are we in the right place?" Like, yeah. I mean, because it was just down the street from me, but like, just yeah. to going like a mile down the street was like there was nothing there. Yeah. There was Noble High School, the yeah. charter school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was like, yeah. That was Across it. the street, yeah, right? Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, like kind of behind the behind the what's that building now? It's like on Augusta, yeah. like tucked because you can't go straight from I mean, Milwaukee. There's, I remember literally the first time parking up. down there. There was like two burnt out cars. Yeah, and you're like, uh, can I park yeah. here? Like you know, like uh, yeah, it's for just, sure. It was just strange, and um, and even I mean, I don't, I don't think even four years you would say, you would no. said that. How about um? But your client, oh, yeah, yeah, the client, no, no, it's just given that the clientele of like who lives. You're talking about who lives in those neighbors. How Jared's bar changed, mm-hmm. um, into what it is he now, had to change and, it and succeeds into it, yeah. it, yeah, and he adapts with that um as well, which is I think smart as a business move. But are the people that are now opening these places? Obviously, like as the whole hipster generation, if you will, um, kind of lives over there in Chicago. But can they even afford to go to these places? I mean, we're seeing the neighborhood change a lot too, like million dollar homes. Not um, more than once a week or so. You, but exactly. just because there are million dollar homes around, you, you don't need to serve fifteen, eighteen dollar cocktails. I think fifteen is pretty generous in the city. Well, I'm just saying, with as tats, an example, you mean or fifteen um, on the menu? Fifteen on the menu. I think these days, like that's see, rough. I think I mean, if I see, some, need if I see something that that's $13 or lower, I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. I, I mean, there of, are so many amazing places but, uh, that charge literally maybe 12 bucks for a decent cocktail. Oh, there's, yeah, there's ton. $10, yeah. $8, $9, call it whatever. Yeah. Even a highball yeah. you can get for five bucks, as we all know. Mm-hmm. You know, I just think. Parsons chicken. I think <laughs> there is a sense, there is a strong presence of greed. Okay. In that in that part that you yeah. talked about, do you think it kind of comes from both questions for both of you um, from that bar program using you know six seven eight ingredients cocktails or is it is it all kind of relating to that gatekeeper mentality that we're trying to discuss through right now? Again, the gatekeeper thing really throws me off. It's very it's, <laughs> it's very ambiguous. I think it's just I, I just I feel when it comes to cocktails. I'm gonna build you a little gate. And I'm gonna have like a whole like I'm gonna 3D. Have a, I'm gonna have a keeper. Yeah, I'm gonna have a keeper. <laughs> I just, yeah, I mean, the, co- the cocktail game. Wilson. The cocktail game in oh, Chicago is, is, is just one of those things that. But isn't it our fault for selling fifty dollars juice? 
No, it's not our fault because our fifty dollars. How much a reason, <laughs> There's a reason <laughs> behind our fifty dollar juice. Yeah, we're so small. I but mean, like, doesn't make that a reason for the fifty, the, the fifteen, no. thirteen, fifteen, sixteen dollar no, cocktail? No, no, you don't need a fifteen dollar cocktail. I think it's you're too, just trying to you're you're hitting you're trying to hit a home run when you should just get a base hit, bro. Yeah, you dig yeah. what well, I'm saying? I mean, yeah, reach for doubles. Yeah, I mean, get 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 ducks on a pond. I mean, I, I had that. Drive those. I know what you're saying because I, I you dig I, what I'm saying. I was I was the key a, is volume. Yeah, I was at a car I car, at an account and I was talking to the bartender and I'm like, you know, he's like, I yeah, I was like, I like Star Wars, you know, I have this. He's like, took a little taste of it. He's like, he's like, what do you want next? And I'm like, make me a cocktail with it. And he did like a six ingredient cocktail, which was freaking delicious. But he charged me $28 for it. Yeah. And I was like, excuse me? Yeah. Was it like nine ounces? Did it fill a pint class? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, no shit. No, it was $26. Remember, it, so a shot was, or an ounce pour was $9. I was like, okay, fine. Not the worst. That's, That's not bad. not the worst. That's not bad. No. But no. then but you put two ounces in a cocktail, and there's another $8 in ingredients in there. Is that what you're trying to tell me? It's yeah. like, yeah. It's well, there's labor. I know. Yeah, right. <laughs> there's, al- there's also in the case of West Loop taking it back a little bit, which I apologize, but like, uh, I mean, that real estate is so expensive and yeah. no one's buying there anymore. China. You know, well, China's, but, uh, um, and Google. And, uh, <laughs> same thing. Like the huge investments, <laughs> yeah. you know, companies which are, you know, have Chinese money. But, anyways, it's just, it, there's greed involved. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so money on our money, real estate on Randolph Street is now more expensive per square foot than Michigan Avenue. I so I mean that. that, and that proceeds wow. all the way down. When did uh, Girl and the Goat start? Like eight or nine years ago. Okay, so that was yeah, I thought which that. is crazy. So, pack when Girl and the Goat first started, it was that place. Um, that oh, man, I can never remember the that that French restaurant on Green, the oh. on, and Randolph. It's not Nia. Nia is the Mediterranean yeah. place east of Girl. Yeah, and the Goat. I, know, I know you're talking about. But it was that place, Girl and the Goat. Um, the rest, either where Little Goat or Bar Siena was, was a Chinese restaurant. Okay. And then in oh, Indian, yeah, it says that's still on the wall. Yeah. yeah. It says Red Dragon. It was yeah. called Red Dragon yeah, or something. Yeah. And then the Indian place, Jai 4, was still there. There was a Mexican place further hmm. down. But there, other than that, it was just all packing houses and stuff. Yeah. There was yeah. nothing. Yeah. And when Little Goat opened five years ago, I used to be the beverage director at Little Goat, to find establishment. So you were the... Gatekeeper. I was the gatekeeper. I was indeed. <laughs> You're the cake eater. Yeah. Um, cake eater. No, I brought in a bunch of stuff. Uh, some of it has not sold well, as testified that it's still on the back bar there, <laughs> two and a half years later. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, no, I, I, there's a point too, like that I want to make because like no one could have seen that neighborhood blow up because when Little Goat mm. opened five years ago. Not a lot had changed since Girl and the Goat had opened. No. Yeah. Oshaval came in. Okay. But not Lone Wolf really yet because that came no, after that Little came Goat. came after. That was... Was Burger Bar down there already, though? They're kind of... 17, well, 2016, 2017. Yeah, that was much more yeah. recent. I remember you, yeah, you guys were able to drive by and you put, like, the restaurants and bars, like, on a little, like, 10 space list. I'm like, I want to go to these places this year. You know, yeah. now you could. And now it's yeah. like, I don't even know where to start in Lost Loop. <laughs> yeah, for like sure. What Division is, was. Oh, heck yeah. yeah. I remember the very first time I went on Division, this was eight years ago and I lived in Wicker Park and, or Bucktown, whatever neighborhood it was. Never really sure. I was like going for a run and like they were just setting up like for all their brunches and stuff. And oh, I was yeah. like, And I was like, what is this street? Yes. Yeah. Like, yep. yeah and, you're, and now yeah. it's like, 
for you if you it's, can't if you, you cut through now. Yeah. You use it to cut through. Oh. No, no one goes to division anymore. Yeah. Really? I feel like a lot of people go to division. People go to division, but it's not what it was. The hype behind division. True. I guess there's, there's a lot of empty storefronts now. There's, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot, a lot of, of empty, things. and it's very established places Correct. like Fat Poor. Fat Poor is not going to close. No, like, no. They're very established Smoke places. Smoke Daddy's ain't going nowhere. Yeah, yeah. exactly. True. I guess it's you know, true. Yeah, it's um, it's very Royale, it's, 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 it seems to be very neighborhood like yeah. clientele. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, bingers and lace. Well, and even <laughs> bingers, and bingers and lace will say yeah. like this neighborhood's changed. Like no one, not no, not our. Um, I don't want to put words in their mouth, so I'll say not bingers and lace. Definitely not this. But clientele on division will be like what our employees on Division Street will say like, well, our clientele's changed. Our customers aren't from Chicago anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh, you really? Know? Yeah, yeah, because on they're division? like, yeah, oh, yeah, because they're like. Well, the neighborhood blew up and it got popular and brunch was all over the place, you know, and yeah. people from not Chicago were moving in because of Shreddy. Bless you. Thank you, man. And, uh, so, and now, it, I mean, it's, wait, it's so a they cycle. Have, they have tourists now there? Uh, people from out of town, like people from um, so other places think, in the United States and the world yeah, moving to the trendiest g- neighborhood possible. Oh, so you're saying it's still neighborhood based, but it's the people that are moving into Chicago. Right. So me. Uh, no, ye, ye, uh, I th- yes and no because I b- or is it more like always people been- are taking new jobs downtown, moving out to that area because that's the neighborhood to live in now. Right. Okay. I think you know it's there's a big difference between this being the place that you move to after college or in your young twenties yeah. and this being the okay. place that I you move to. Yeah. When so you're, you're talking more. They're like more thirty-five to fifty-year-olds versus yes. twenty-two yes, to exactly thirty-five. Right. Okay. Exactly gotcha. right. Yeah. Because. The twenty-five-year-olds and all the restaurants made it the hot neighborhood. Exactly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was cool. It was weird. Like, not weird. I guess I'm not sure the word was like being here. I'm moving here when all that was starting, and yeah. like you'd read like uh, Anthony Bourdain article talking about yeah. these like restaurants. You're yeah. like, like, wait, this is in Chicago now? Yeah. And he's like, like Estelle's. Grab a high life and yeah. eat a grilled cheese. You know. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Like <laughs> I forgot about that. But you're just, um, yeah. It was just like it was. You're talking about these places that you didn't even know were existed because I'd lived in those neighborhoods, and you're walking around. You're like. Um, I even like safety around this area like yeah. right now and um like or you had like Green Eye which is a cool bar to like go into and like oh I'm, yeah, yeah and, but it was just like on I, the Milwaukee and Western yeah right underneath the yeah, train yeah, yeah. as when I used to tra- for my other job I used to always travel and I would always come home and get off the Blue Line either go right there or the or the bar or the um liquor store across the street and buy beer I what, was with was my that? suitcase. What about <laughs> what about uh, that funky little music bar, like a little north on Western? It's on Oakley or something. It's a block east of Western Cabaret or oh, something. Oh, I don't think I've ever went there. Let's go. Yeah. Well, this has been Key in the Lake podcast. <laughs> We're all going to that weird cabaret bar. I know what you're talking about on Oakley, one yeah. block north of Armitage, huh. I think. Anyways, yeah. yeah, no, it's 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 weird. Like, well, that's a cycle. It was you know? it was interesting when I was in um I was checking my hotel in New York and uh, I was like, oh, I can hold my Brag. bag. Oh no, I'm, I'm prefacing it this way because I was surprised to hear from a New Yorker. You know, what? you go to New York, you street on the you sleep on the street, you sleep in the big pile of garbage like the rest of us. Don't go <laughs> get in hotel rooms. All right, continue, Jesus. Jake. Um, so the reason why I brought that up because I was staying in Williamsburg, which is like the most hippie area hipster area you could ever possibly stay in with like oh, restaurants oh. and food and all that stuff Williamsburg. and so i was i was checking out and i was like oh, oh you Williams guys hold my bags and like yeah what do you want and like, what are you up to today i'm like i'm just gonna go walk around and like oh what do you have some, you have any suggestions the like, people oh. at the hotel ask you that yeah hey what are you up to today yeah i was like they just want to i think they wanted to hang out um, <laughs> yeah, seriously. but um they're like oh uh what are you into and i'm like yeah i'm just looking for something to eat have a, maybe like a drink and I'm like where are you from i'm like chicago like oh 
well, you have like better spots than us. Like the best place. Really? And I was like, what? I, I've just, I've never heard of New York. And this kid was from New York, like bro, bro, born and bred in Brooklyn and like working in hospitality, you know, probably 30 years old. And I'm like, living in Williamsburg, you're like, I've never heard that from a New Yorker hmm. ever before. But like, oh, you guys are just as cool spots as us. You know, like, I was like, wow. I never thought I'd see the day. Yeah, right? A New Yorker yeah. admit to that. Yeah, yeah. And so it's kind of crazy where the city has come to. So it wasn't bragging at all. I was trying to bring a, a full topic conversation. <laughs> Motherfuckers. I'm just saying, when you when you go to New York, you sleep in a dumpster like the rest of us. I'll tell my Shit. boss that I'm, tomorrow when I sleep. I'm sleeping there. You get out your crowbar. <laughs> going, Jake, going you, the alley. You get out your crowbar, you pry open a manhole cover, yeah. and you slip down there and just That's sleep nasty. in one of those. That is nasty. Many, many people do, actually. Oh no! Do you know that? No, I'm they sure. don't sleep in the sewers. Do oh yeah, they? oh they yeah. Do. Have you? Oh, there's, the doc- there's like documentaries about it. Oh really? Yeah, underground people that live like in tunnels and stuff. Cool. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm not sure if we've, resol- if we've actually resolved anything on this podcast about not gatekeepers today. or manholes are circular. Uh, because they uh, distribute weight evenly. Well, I mean, I think off air we also the whole circle, a up. circle too. For a second. <laughs> off air, we need to talk about. I think it's a conversation to like maybe think of who some of these people could be, not in a negative sense, but like to have a conversation with people that have been around for you know a decade or whatever. Bar program directors that um, might have a little more insight to what they where they see like the industry going and. Is there a sense of lost hospitality? Because I think there is a renaissance of bringing it back, too. Oh, but certainly. Again, that's, certainly. What, that's my point. The renaissance is by those individuals already in the hospitality those many years or, or more yeah. that are part of a restaurant group that just don't want to play that game anymore and want to mm. want to bring it back, truly bring it back. Mm. You can easily say it in your mission statement as a restaurant yes. group. Yes, yes. With all due respect to all the successful ones out there. And there are ones, and there are several that are very successful, that do very well, and they, and they execute brilliantly. Mm-hmm. However, you do run, you still run that risk of not, it not hitting it out, yeah. you know? How, how do you lead by example so that yeah. that I mission mean, statement is reality? Is reality, correct. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think there's like a fake sense of it as well. So I was at a restaurant, uh, in LA, in LA yesterday, mm-hmm. two days ago, where it's a very popular restaurant group. They have like five restaurants over the city, and it's a new one um, in like the fashion district, art district of New York. Oh, well of, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure the bartender hat was using a fake Irish accent to like sound oh, cooler. Now this is interesting. Yeah, and like be like and play up like the whole like, Stop. hey, darling, darling. Can I get? She said, darling, to everybody. And I'm like, you have like a southern slash California slash like Irish accent, but it would fade in and out. And I'm like, are you, I was like, I couldn't tell enough, but like, she getting ready for an audition. (laughs) Big Hollywood. I I mean, it could be something like that too. You never know. But like, and she was being friendly, but it was so over friendly that you're like, this is fake. Yeah. And I was, it's just like, you know, it's one of those things where like, you, I I don't know. Like it's so off putting that way. I know you're just playing, you're, you're calling everybody darling. And I know it's not sincere. But you're trying to make it sincere? Yeah, that's bad. Yeah. That's See, that's good. what I'm saying. You leave when when you leave that type of environment or business model and yeah. you go do something yourself, it's gonna come across that more gen that much more genuine. Mm-hmm. And you will see the actual owners there a lot more. Because yeah. now you have to have control of that. Because if you're not there, 
You yeah, lose control of that. But most bar owners and restaurant group people don't want to like micromanage either. No, no, I'm not saying micromanaging. I'm saying just be there, be there, just be in the yeah. property. Be there. I totally get that. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, yeah. either behind the bar, you know, like common good cocktails out in Glen Ellen. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Three uh, husband wife tandem, and then they're a buddy of theirs, Mike. All in the profession. Rem- remind me their n- Alicia, names again. Um, Mike, and and uh, Chad. C. Chad. Great Alicia, guys. Chad, and then Mike, their mm-hmm. buddy. Cast-offs. Cast-offs. Let's go by Common, right? Like, it, it goes by Common Good Cocktails. Okay, but like if someone's oh, from that area, it's so called just Common, probably? No. Maybe. I would, I would call okay. it Common I, I think they're a little new to have a, okay. a nickname. Yeah. Anyway. But they're, you know, veterans of the Absolutely. hospitality industry mm. in Chicago proper. Yep. Chicago. So what do they do? I'm like, all right, we're going to do our own thing. So they open up. They go out to Glen Ellen. Yeah. They... Why? Because they looked at a thousand different places. It was just too expensive. Yeah. For um, and there's not a lot of cocktail bars. Not out a lot there. of cocktail bars out there. Yep. So they're doing themselves a justice. We want to do something our way, and we're going to be able to do it affordable. Afford, you know, we mm-hmm. we got to still live and doing it right. I went out there twice now, and I've had cocktails, and it, they're great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, but one of them was always there. Yes. Alicia was there the first time I went, and then this time around, Mike and Chad were there. Yeah, and I, I think that brings it back to, like, places that we go to in the city and a lot in this neighborhood, yeah. too, where you're Look like... Bob. Yeah. And yep. Fountainhead. Yep. You know, another place. Our best friend in the world. Um, he said he didn't like his podcast, and he wants to do it all over again. Does he? And he hates you, Wilson. Yeah, well, I understand. That. That's rough. I can understand that. The words he had to say about you, Matt. <laughs> well, <laughs> this, this guy didn't even bother to show up to my recording. <laughs> and then there's that uh, the barbecue joint now. Uh, what's it well, First have that answer for you something. next time. Anyways, the, the, the kid, you know, wants to do barbecue. You know, yeah, Texas style barbecue. So dry rub barbecue. Okay. Yeah. He literally went to. Over, he saw a thousand different pieces of, of land or empty spaces, mm-hmm. but they wanted just so much money for what he was going to like, why? Yeah. Why yeah. is this so expensive? Yeah, I mean, I'm trying a- to give you something hospitality that I, how I know it, mm. food, how I know it, but all without the thousand dollar charge, you yeah. know, after the fact. Yeah, I think it's a. It's an ongoing conversation. Obviously, that's like, crazy. We're not going to resolve yeah, it. We're not gonna no. No, 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 we're not going to resolve it. But I think it's cool to have conversations with people that are inside of it too. Because yeah. are we eventually just going to max ourselves out? Like we we can't afford to even be a part of the city anymore. Yeah. Without, well, yeah, for sure. And that's sad. And will, will it become New York? That's where sad because that's, this is where it's at. Yeah, yeah. And then there's going to be these wonderful neighborhoods where we talk about. Oh, remember you know Division Street when it was cool, just filled yeah. with empty now restaurant for restaurant lease, franchise. You know? We're seeing in my neighborhood. My neighborhood Neighborhood is full of empty shops that were bars, cafes, restaurants yeah. mm-hmm. because they got the jack the rents jacked up and they're like, yeah. We can't, can't afford to be here. Anymore. Afford to be here. I, I mean, f- in the last year, we've had um, Brennan's close, we've had a tea shop close, Japanese restaurant close, um, d- uh, Reckless Records moved out of the neighborhood because they couldn't wow. afford it anymore. anymore. Uh, and you're just like, What's going to be left here? And they're all empty. All of those places yeah. are empty. A no friend one- of mine, 17 years in Logan Square, floor is her, sh- her, sh- her, um, Flower shop, uh-huh. seventeen years, and the and the uh, landlord came in, jacked her shit about three times as much. Jeez, she go, are you kidding me? Because somebody will I've pay. I've been here seventeen. Somebody will years. pay being Logan Square. Yeah, someone's some, gonna pay. Some big restaurant. So now group she's, pay, yeah. she may, I mean, without you know, this is her business to tell. But now, as my friend, I'm worried for her because mm-hmm. she's done so well. Yeah, and it takes a lot. 
And yeah. we're and we're considered an affordable city. And w- trust me, by being in these last three th- cities I've been in the last two, three so weeks, I, we are very affordable compared it, it to just, most. It just goes back to, to it goes yeah. to greed. It goes to greed. So what we were talking about these twenty-five to thirty-year-olds that were setting the pace, mm-hmm. you know, down division then, and what it you know to what it is today, and then now we have those same. Yeah. And it's not necessarily these millennials are now. Making r- Randolph that, but also corporations are coming in and yeah, would, interacting would, yeah. all that. So it's not necessarily yeah. just it's the money powerful. behind it's them. The, mm-hmm. That's why sometimes with the popularity they develop themselves. But yeah, but we can't all be Alenia. Like there's only one Alenia for a reason. Correct. You, you know, can it's only like be Alenia. You can only be one Avery, and you know, yeah. All that. Well, all so that. that's what that's what I thought when I got that twenty six dollar bill from the cocktail. I'm are like, you fucking kidding me, man. I'm like, I'm like, this. It's not that kind of bar either. I'm like, I don't. I would never go there and pay twenty five dollars for a cocktail. Avery, I expect it. So at least I know it. Like walking because it's it's awesome. It's a, it's a, it's a different experience. It's a whole different Correct. experience, and that's what they built their reputation on. Well, that's the and that's, that's great. That's fine. But like the place yeah. I was in, I wouldn't ever expect to pay more than maybe seventeen dollars, eighteen dollars on a very high end. You know. Yeah, but twenty eight dollars for some dude in his scabby ass hands making me a cocktail. Yeah. I, I mean, would have yeah, asked yeah, that. Were you looking at my great. hands again? I was like, "What the we fuck?" We all have scabby hands. I was like, "What the fuck are you putting in this cocktail?" That's twenty eight dollars. Yeah, it's just my scabs. Disgusting. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> Terrible. Well, I know Matt has to get going here in a little bit. So do Wilson and I. So I think an hour and twenty minutes later, we'd uh, we'll call it quits for the day. Sweet. Yeah, but it was. Uh, it's good to be good to be back and back uh, on the home. microphones with you guys. Um, mm-hmm. I know Matt, you have your media event tomorrow. Tomorrow, which obviously this won't be out until after the words, but anything else going on for you guys? I'll put it up oh, on Friday. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Uh, June twenty fourth. Let me make sure of the date. Hopefully, all right. June twenty fourth, Bub City, um, River North. We're having a whiskey dinner. Tickets are seventy dollars. That includes family style barbecue dinner. Um, kicking you off with a welcome cocktail, a flight with dinner, and an old fashioned. It should be a. It should be a really you should have like way more bang for your buck. So nice. it's going to be, it's going to be a really good time. I think you can find tickets at uh bub city. Cool. Chicago.com or whatever it is, yeah. but we'll do a lot of our live podcast then. Oh yeah, <laughs> please cool. do. <laughs> <laughs> Mouth full of barbecue the whole time. Oh, this is really, <laughs> good. <laughs> really great. <laughs> awesome. fingers. June 14th at bitter pops on Lincoln Avenue. Oh, nice. We are, um, they are doing a monthly craft cocktail night. So June 14th from 5 to 7, come on out, have uh, two different Union Horse-based cocktails. Mm. Um, but other than that, um, Matt's that official Matt Brown fan club. Wilson's at 312 Made. They both uh, have really great companies they work for, Matt being Blom Brothers and Wilson being Union Horse Distilling Co. We are Key in the Lake, at Key in the Lake uh, on most things, um, basically on Instagram is where we're very active. I've been told to uh, rate us on whatever outlet that you guys listen to us on because um, that just up our popularity more and more. And maybe next month we could be the number 80 food podcast out of Hell 82 yeah. versus 81 <laughs> out of 80, 82, or how many maybe there are. Who really knows? But yeah, you can check out uh, keyinthelight.com for anything you want to listen to, look at, and read. Probably posting some more stuff about uh, my trips here in the, the near future. And uh, a bunch of fun stuff going on, too, uh, with my company, but I'll leave it to that for now since no shameless plugs. but uh, anyways guys uh, thanks for listening to us Um, have a good rest of your week since you'll be listening to us on a Monday and uh, you know what cheers to you guys let's cheers to some empty glasses just for the sound